Hello and welcome to another episode of Ozpol Explained 2022 Federal Election Edition. I am your host, David. This episode's topic is climate change. I'll be comparing the different policies of a few different parties, the Liberal National Coalition, Labour, Greens and One Nation, and helping you understand, hey, what are they promising? How do they align with your ideas of what we should do on climate change? Climate change is potentially one of the biggest issues this election. According to ABC Vote Compass data, an overwhelming majority of Australians want more action on climate change, with 79% wanting more. So that's why this episode will be really handy to help you understand what the different parties are going to do about it. But also, if you're one of the 7% of people who responded that we should have less action on climate change, well, I also have a few suggestions for political parties for you that align with your values. I will not at any point tell you that you should or should not vote for any of these parties. I won't be commenting on like whether or not they are good or bad, that is entirely your idea, whether or not they resonate with you, and it is up to you to decide. But before we get to the policies, I do want to give a little bit of context to where Australia currently is in relation to other countries when it comes to action on climate change, and help you understand the topic a little bit better. One key thing to understand is there isn't just one way to measure what an emission reduction is, and it doesn't have to include just actual greenhouse gas emissions. Australia doesn't just measure how much carbon and methane we emit, we also then measure the use of land and changes of that land use in the forestry sector, which as a tool for calculations is very advantageous for Australia compared to other countries as we have different amounts of land to factor in for land clearing. To help you understand what this means, right? In 2019, for example, when we factor in land use changes in our emissions reductions from 2005, Ours was negative 15.2%, Germany's was negative 20.1%, and the United Kingdom's was negative 34.3%. Whereas if we get rid of that land use factor, because not all countries use it, and we just examine actual greenhouse gases, for example, the United Kingdom's remains the same at negative 34.3%. Germany's reduction gets a little bit smaller at negative 18.4%, but Australia's emissions actually rise by positive 4%, as in they are above 2005 levels, not reduced. That number increased to 7% in 2021. But if we factor in land use changes as part of that, then our emissions in 2021 are around negative 20%. That's a very big difference in how we determine what our emissions reductions are and what we've achieved. And this, again, is not actually a thing that all countries do. So our actual greenhouse gas emissions have gone up, while many other countries have gone down. And while emissions have gone down in some sectors, we still have a higher per capita ratio of emissions than other developed countries. So with that in mind, let's examine what the different political parties plan on doing to change these rise in emissions and tackle climate change. Let's start off with the different emissions reduction targets of the different parties and what they want to achieve by 2030. The Liberal National Coalition wants a reduction of 26 to 28%. Labour wants a reduction of 43%. 
Greens want a reduction of 75% and One Nation has no target. Both the Liberal National Coalition and Labour want to achieve net zero by 2050, whereas Greens want to achieve net zero by 2035. One Nation does not have or want a target. And now, let's dive into those policies. The Liberal National Coalition. Their policy page says they'll tackle climate change through technology, not taxes, which is a pretty bipartisan attitude considering most people are approaching it through technological focuses instead of taxes, with the exception of One Nation, but we'll get there in a moment. They have a technology investment roadmap that's reliant on putting $22 billion over the next 10 years into research of low emission technologies. This includes things like carbon capture and storage, which has yet to be proven effective, but they're hoping to advance this technology to a point where it will be useful. They want to invest in low emission steel production, and they want to figure out how to produce hydrogen en masse as a fuel source in a way that doesn't involve producing lots of emissions during the manufacturing process. Hydrogen fuel itself doesn't create emissions, but producing it in large quantities does. Collectively, those technologies will contribute to 85% of their emissions reduction plan. The final 15% of their net zero by 2050 plan is reliant on technology that does not exist yet. The aim is to ensure that coal exports and mining operations can continue, with technological advancements in the future being able to offset the emissions that the industry creates. Australia is currently the largest exporter of coal and the third largest exporter of fossil fuel emissions. Australia makes up 7% of fossil fuel exports by CO2 potential. However, funding for the Clean Energy Finance Corporation and the Australian Renewable Energy Agency, which both invest in finding renewable or low emission technology, will be cut by 35% over the next four years, from $2 billion to $1.3 billion and they're focusing on new natural gas as a central part of the electricity infrastructure, with $50.3 million in subsidies just for the construction of new pipelines and exploration of gas reserves. They also want to invest $250 million in a recycling modernization fund to make recycling more efficient. They want to make targeted investments in transmission projects to support new renewable energy coming online, including investing $84 million in microgrids for remote communities. Well, what about Labour? Labour's plan for technology, not taxes, is to use currently existing technologies, specifically renewable energy. Australia currently is quite low on renewable energy uptake compared to other countries, so Labour's plan is to change that through upgrading the electricity infrastructure, drive down power costs, create regional jobs, and reduce emissions. Independent modelling by Reputex Energy has said that this policy will create 604,000 jobs and cut power bills by $275 a year on average by 2025, and by $378 by 2030, which is a 26% drop in prices to now. They say it'll create five out of the six new jobs in regional areas, encouraging local manufacturing of renewable energy technology, new technologies, and cheaper low-emissions vehicles. They want to put forward $24 billion in public investment to drive an uptake of private investment to a total of $76 billion into the industry. They want to allocate up to $3 billion from Labor's National Reconstruction Fund to invest in green metals, steel, alumina, and aluminium, 
clean energy component manufacturing, hydrogen electrolyzers, and fuel switching, agricultural methane reduction, and waste reduction. Labor's plan for electric vehicles is to remove import tariffs, which would reduce the cost of a $50,000 car by $2,000, and make them exempt from the fringe benefits tax for electric cars provided by businesses for private use, saving businesses up to $9,000 a year. They also want to create an electric car parts manufacturing industry in Australia with the aim of eventually manufacturing cars themselves. They want to create 85 solar banks around Australia and 400 community batteries to improve access to solar energy for households. They want to reduce the Australian public services emissions to net zero by 2030, create 10,000 new energy apprenticeships and a new energy skills program. They do still support new gas, coal and oil projects. Their plan is to have the Clean Energy Regulator to work with coal mines and large emitters to work on using technology to gradually reduce their emissions over time. 5 million tonnes each year across 215 big emitters, in line with recommendations by the Business Council of Australia to avoid Australian coal losing competitiveness with other countries. For a quick side-by-side -side comparison, the Liberal Renewable Energy Plan would see us reach 69% of energy produced through renewables by 2030, whereas Labor's plan will reach 82%, with the rest produced by coal. So energy from domestic coal-fire plants would be 18% under Labor versus 31% under the Liberal plan under current projections. And now for the Greens plan. For the fossil fuel industry, they want to immediately ban the construction of new coal and gas infrastructure and transition to a zero-carbon economy. They want to phase out the mining, burning and export of thermal coal by 2030. They want a fast transition to 100% renewable energy like wind and solar to create jobs and drive down emissions, replacing all coal-fired power plants by 2030. They want to create a wage subsidy for coal workers for a decade so people affected by the rapid closure of the fossil fuel industry will be able to find new work or be financially supported. To help fund this, part of this plan includes ending the $11 billion a year subsidies to gas, oil and coal companies, putting a carbon levy on pollution exports and make fossil fuel companies pay for infrastructure investments to combat the effects of climate change, like flood-proofing stormwater drains and better transport capacity to deal with heat waves. They promise to establish the Manufacturing Australia Fund to help local manufacturers recover from the pandemic, move off coal and gas, and expand into new sectors. They want to invest in new export industries in green hydrogen and minerals processing to replace coal. For infrastructure investments, their plan includes grants of up to $25,000 and loans of up to $100,000 for households and small businesses to transition from gas to electric alternatives. They want to support households get batteries with grants of $10,000 and loans of $50,000. They wish to create a non-profit, publicly-owned retailer to push down power bills and increase take-up of green energy. For transport, their plans include building a $2 billion publicly-owned electric vehicle fast charging network with more than 30,000 fast chargers at critical points around the country. There are currently 3,000 public charging stations in Australia.
To reduce the cost of an electric vehicle, they'll discount them by $15,000 so more people can buy them. To boost the industry, they want to electrify the Commonwealth fleet by 2025, providing the second-hand market with a reliable source of cars. And finally, invest $1.2 billion for domestic manufacturing of electric cars and components. And have all new car sales by 2030 be electric. One Nation's policy is that they don't believe in climate change, so their policy plan isn't about any emissions reductions, as I previously mentioned, but instead they believe that we should withdraw from the Paris Agreement. Their policy page on the topic is a long criticism of scientific institutions and bodies like the CSIRO, the Bureau of Meteorology, and the IPCC, questioning the validity of the science and the data on climate change. They're opposed to subsidising wind and solar projects, support new coal-fired power plants, and want to investigate the possibility of nuclear power in Australia. One Nation also says that they're the only party that doesn't believe in climate change. However, I would like to point out that neither do the Australian Citizens Party, and Craig Kelly, the leader of the United Australia Party, has also been a vocal critic of the same scientific institutions as Pauline Hanson has, and also does not believe in human-made climate change. The United Australia Party doesn't have an environmental policy on their page, so it is unclear what other members believe. So, if you're the kind of person who does not believe in climate change, well, you have other options. There are of course plenty of minor parties whose policies range from don't want any more investment in renewable energy to encouraging way more and emissions reduction standards of 50% to even negative emissions in the next 10 years. There is a wide range of views on what we should do about climate change. So there you have it. I hope this has been helpful. Best of luck at the polls. Please do take the time to research other candidates and enjoy. Please share this also by the way because this is very time sensitive. There is less than two weeks until the election and people are already voting. So the more people that you can share this with like right now the more worthwhile it'll be. Thank you so much to my supporters on Patreon. I appreciate you all. You can support me if you wish or don't. It's entirely up to you. Comment, subscribe, all those sorts of things and I will see you at the polls.